shout out to every single person out there who either is on keto or just loves eating dead animals roasted in the air fryer the way that I do. I'm roasting right now some meat that I just got from Jackson. Uh, letting you know that this episode is going to be a little bit different. I did record the duration of the episode while I was in the punching bag. So if you don't like the audio, you know, hey, that's my fault. Blame me for trying to be creative and not just bore you with me sitting in my living room recording the podcast in front of a, um, my iPhone. Um, also, at the end of the episode, like I always say, if you want to, my gym playlist for today, instead of doing, because I, I saw you, a few of you guys like the gym playlist that I do. Well, instead of doing like a full gym playlist idea every day, I'm going to put the gym playlist at the end of each episode rather than making a whole episode about playlists. So at the end of the episode, it'll be about five or seven, just five or seven songs that like really set the tone for the workout today, bro. I was going in. So hope you enjoy the podcast. And, and one and two. What is going on to the greatest voice podcast? We are here. We are live. What is going on? I'm doing good. I cannot complain. I am in good spirits. Life is good. I am currently sitting in my place of employment right now in my car in a very, very dangerous, somewhat underprivileged neighborhood where there are bloods, northerners, that's a Mexican game for those who don't know, and I am slightly scared. I do feel like somebody might walk up to my driver window with a pistol, point it to me and say, Young man, I want your iPhone 13. I wonder if anybody has ever robbed anybody like that. Said, young man, give me your... <laughs> honestly, might honestly you might be really charming if somebody did that. Just, young man, give me your gun. I'd be like, give me your phone. I'm like, with such manners, he robbed me. That is so nice of him. I appreciate that. Uh, how's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? Um, let's see. Where to start at? Where to start at? Where to start at? Um... There were two topics I really wanted to talk about today. Um, As you can tell, for those who are listening to me live, by the way, these podcasts are now being recorded live through Spotify, um, through the Green Room app. Uh, You can see the title of the topics I wanted to talk about right now. It says, he's gangster without context with a laugh emoji and slash weight loss. Uh, I talked about the weight loss thing for a while. I've been talking about it for a few episodes now. So I do feel like most of you guys have some kind of understanding of my energy when it comes to that. A lot of y'all who follow me on Instagram and on Snapchat keep asking me like, bro, why in the hell are you keep posting photos and videos and your stories of you at the gym two times a day? Like, nigga, we understand that you almost live at the gym, that you're going to be there for four and five hours. And bro, for me, it's just, um, you know, I think a lot of the time, um, and I think this kind of goes into these topics we're about to talk about today. I do think we're in an age. <laughs> I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I feel like a lot of people start off a sentence like with that. I do feel we are in an age. I do feel we are at a time. Social media. But I do feel like everybody's kind of living like a false life or putting on for social media or Instagram or trying to. Like, I didn't realize how deep it was, especially for kids now to make it look like they get money or make it look like like the EDD, like the $2,000 in EDD and EDD money that their mama let them use for their photo was really theirs. And they're really out there making money selling weed, uh, weed and, um, and uh, whatchamacallit, and vape pens like that. Like, I didn't realize how much, how that, how important that is to kids. Even like to adults, it's important to us, like my generation. But I felt like once you get to a certain age, I feel like you kind of grow out of that. Like, because we are, I mean... 
I can tell you, I'm at the point now where I can look at a post. I can look at a person and I when they got money or not. I can look at I can look at a post and I the context in the situation. Like for example, when you see guys put in, first off, when I say this, this does not mean that it is not cool. This does not mean it is not a good idea to you know post your you know your happy moments on Instagram or Snapchat. It's perfectly fine to do that. I would just tell you that I would just recommend to most people that do do that. Do not take it that seriously because I promise you, most people do not even give a dang about that. Now, moving on from that, um, I would say that uh, I think the gift that I have as I got older is maybe it's because I lived in a lot of different places. Maybe it's because I never grew up under one particular umbrella of thinking. I think most of us who did grow up in one household whether it was whether it was just with their mom or whether it was with both parents, you grow up under a certain way of thinking. So therefore, you're used to seeing the world through that lens. What was always a gift for me was that I was always able to see the world through different lenses. Because just to keep it simple, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I that nigga didn't have the option of just staying in one place. I had to move around a lot. It was what it was when I was growing up. So um, because of that, because of that, it's that's what taught me to um, look at things with context. The reason why I titled this episode He's Gangster Without Context is because, you know, I listen to a lot of hip-hop. I listen to a lot of hip-hop, and I listen to hip-hop from all different regions of our beautiful, great country that makes the best apple pies and sweet potato pies. A lot of white people don't have never even had a sweet potato pie before. And there is a difference when you listen to hip hop from, let's say, for example, from Philadelphia versus when you listen to hip hop from, say, for example, the Bay Area or Sacramento or even even if you go to this, uh, the same state, certain you'll, you'll go to one part of the state like California where hip hop in the north might sound totally different than hip hop in the south of Cal- Southern California. So because of that, that's always given me an I kind of like a, a very interesting perspective on things just because I've been able to see the different trends and how things are in different places. Um, When I step outside of the hip hop world, let's let me let me when I talk about gangster rap, because a lot of the time I listen to like gangster rap, I listen to hard hip hop because that's what motivates me in the gym. That's what's been keeping me in shape. That's what's been keeping me top notch. It's so interesting to hear dudes tell these stories. It's a really popular thing in hip hop and it's always been it is not nothing new. It has always been a popular thing in hip hop for grown men in their 20s, teens, and even up into their 30s to get on a track and tell stories about things that they never did or threaten you or whoever they're thinking about in the booth to get that kind of bass in their voice with actions and pointing guns and shooting them. By the way, threat niggas with activities that they know they would never participate in. And for those who would do that, a lot of the times, like for example, I, I hear a lot of rappers like tell like, you know, I'm telling you the truth. I was really out there in the streets. But what they don't tell you is the context of those situations. Hence why the topper, hence why the title of this podcast is probably probably going to be something along the lines of uh, he's only a gangster without context. In my own life, I know a lot of people who are shooters. Let me not say a lot of people. No, I know, you know, I know, I know, I know a pretty good handful of people who are shooters. And in their circle, in their city, in their neighborhood, 
when they're wrong, when they're uh, amongst the very, very misguided, um, undereducated women that love to suck on their little wee-wees, they, <laughs> they seem like the God, they seem like the most gangsters, hard, hard. How many times you met a girl who, when you asked her about her baby daddy, she said, oh, my baby daddy's a little Ray Ray, a little Ray Ray crazy. Oh, don't, oh, my, if he found out I was talking a little Ray Ray crazy, he'll kill everybody. I look at gangster dudes like that who they be talking about, even the dudes who do move in the street, because I know a few of them. I look at them a lot different now that I'm older because God has allowed me to be in enough situations to see the context of their gangsterism. For example, you might, I can tell you a guy I can think of off the top of my head who has a reputation of being crazy, being on some trip stuff, as one of his friends told me, talking about shooting dudes and et cetera, et cetera. But I could also tell you that I've seen this man fight. He can't fight. Actually, he didn't even try to fight. He went and grabbed the gun when the guy swung on him, hit him and clocked him twice, and he ran and got the gun. I can tell you of a person who... I can tell you of a person who... I can tell you about a lot of people who are known for being shooters, who are known for doing this and doing that. But those people, for example, if you knew the context of the situation that led to them grabbing the gun or led to them, I remember I watched a video of a guy, I think he was a Modesto or Stockton. They got, it was a stock. This was like in 2010. They got into a fight. The dude threw two punches. And when the guy, both punches hit the guy in the face, the guy backed up, grabbed his gun from behind his waist and shot him. I bring that up because I've seen a lot of situations like that happen. And those same dudes, when the story gets back, when the story gets back to, to everybody else, they make it seem like that guy was the most gangster guy in the freaking world. I did a video, you know, on Instagram talking about this. And I think this is not, and I, and I, I, uh, I don't know what's making me think about this topic, but I did a video talking about this, about how there's two type of guys that you'll get into an argument with. As far as street people, people who are in the streets, there are two kinds of guys that you could possibly have an argument with who are street dudes, who are gangsters, who are really, quote unquote thugs. And there are two types of guys. There's the one who has a gun and he will let you know he got a gun. He will let you know. And I quote, and I will air this whole shout. Do not fuck with me. Nigga, you better back up. It's on me. Nigga, when it's up, it's stuck. I'm on you. I am on record as saying, I like that guy and I appreciate his honesty because he's letting me know off top, nigga, there will be no hand-to-hand combat in this interaction. If you touch me, you are going to die. They're gonna you are going to be at Lodi Memorial Hospital and be buried tomorrow. Then there's a second guy. The second nigga is the one, the second nigga is the one who the second dude's the one who he got a gut on him. You know he got a gut on him. And let's say, for example, you decide in the situation to back down because you know he might shoot you. Half the time, leads, I've been in this situation a few times. It's not even a question about you being scared. It's just that you know, well, hell, like, I know I can whoop him. Like, But at the same time, I know he's going to draw this gun out on me. Now, when the situation's done, he'll go and tell the whole city, tell the whole hood that he was going to whoop your ass. Even though you know this person can't fight, even though you know he has a gun, even though you know there is no history of this man ever making a man, another man touch pavement or touch concrete unless a gun was involved. 
But he'll tell the whole hood, like, yeah, I was about to beat his ass. Like, I'm a fighter and I can, nigga, I can fight and all this other stuff. And you like, I'm like, bro, you're not that guy. You're not that guy. God bless your little soul. God bless you, brother, but you're not that guy. And, you know, I understand. Um, I think contextual gangsterism is something we need to talk about because a lot of these kids nowadays, when they look up to these dudes who, you know, who rap or have conversations about these dudes as real street dudes or whatever, whatnot, a lot of times the context is taken out of it. Like, I remember, like, you know, when I was, I was listening to one dude, there's a rapper from Florida, um... He actually is a hitter. He's actually a bad example because he's really out there like that. But there's a few rappers in Florida who like to post videos and photos of them with guns and stuff like that. And kids look at those photos and be like, oh, man, no, he's really gangster. He's really hard. That man is really hard. But it's like, like I always tell people, it's like, bro, if you're a rapper and you're from Florida, you're from Georgia, you're from Alabama. I used to live out that way, too, by the way. Shout out to Bama. Shout out to Georgia. If you post some photos with guns, I'm not going to look at you as like gangster because, bro, like. If you live down south, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody got guns down there. It ain't, it, you ain't the big deal because you got an AK. Everybody got guns down there that shouldn't be legal in America or at least in certain parts. They got them. I mean, you know what I mean? Everybody got guns. Hell, hell, gangster to me is if you, if you do, if you do that same video with all them damn guns and you live in New York or California, then I will look at you and say, maybe you're brave. I'll look at you and say, you're brave. I'll never forget. This is when YouTube was really starting to get, no, nah, YouTube was kind of actually flowing when this was going on. There was a video in 2007 of these two dudes from a gang in Fresno called Fresno Bulldog. To what particular set, I forgot. But bring it up because these two dudes put a video of them threatening somebody on YouTube and they had two rifles. They didn't have a lot of guns. They had at best two guns. Man, them dudes got arrested the next day when that video got posted. Because in California, they don't play about that. That's why half the time when rappers record videos in California and they put and they put a bunch of guns and pistols and all forms of weapons that look like they might have been bought from some Russian guy. You know what they do? They let them know in the title hey, before the video goes, all these guns are props. These are prop guns. Now, with that being said, with that being said, I will say, I don't know when I watch some of these videos, I don't know where in the hell these kids are getting quote unquote, quote unquote, prop M14s, quote unquote, prop AK-47s, prop uh, AR, uh, AR-15, quote-unquote, prop Uzis and Draco pistols. But, you know, hey, has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with me. It, you know, I never got about collecting guns like that in the street. Now that I think about it, you know, I'm not in the street, so I don't know, but, like, it's not like when you get these guns. Like, if you, like, if you, like, I don't know, from my personal experience, let me just, from what I've seen, if you rolling around, and you're out there just wreaking terror, but like wreaking, wreaking havoc, causing destruction and damage with the a with one of those big machine guns, like those Dracos, like the really popular ones. Those guns are usually the most easiest to track back to the people who did the crime, unless quote unquote you might have got a ghost gun, like those ghost gun things where they're they're um they're made with plastic. Which one called? They're made with um. For those who don't know what ghost guns are, ghost guns are guns that are made with three D printers, three D printing. So the guns don't have any serial numbers or nothing like that. But, like, a lot of the time, like, like those big ones that, that had to be manufactured at the plant, like, you know, you can trace those backs. Like, pistols, to me, are hard because pistols, I think, would be hard to trace back. But I don't know. Once again, I'm not in that world, so I can't speak to that. But I think context kind of misses, is missing from everything. You know, it's like when the EDD was first hitting and everybody was, you know, going on trips and buying boats and buying cars and everything like that, you know. 
it looked fun. But then when you know the context of the situation, you know, when you know the context, when you know the context of the situation, understand these people were just reusing ED dollars and PPE loans. And when you see half the people who are doing the PPE loans are in jail, a lot of them are not, let me say not half, most of them are in jail. When you see that most of those people who got those ten seven thousand dollars and et cetera, et cetera, from EDD last year are either homeless or about to be soon. It changes your perspective on things. It just does. I mean, it, you know, hey, I knew hell last year one of my uh, loved ones hit me and was like, Hey, you know, I can hit I can help you get a PPE loan. I was like, nah, brother, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm good off that. I'm good off I'm good off that. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't even, to be honest with you, bro, I don't even want to be bothered with that, man. I don't, I just don't, you know, uh, <laughs> I just don't, man. I just don't. Um, I will say this though. And I, I wanted to kind of, I guess I can put a button on that topic to go into the weight loss conversation. I will say this, and this is particularly for those who are living in California, but also around the country, because I'm pretty sure it's not just happening here. Please be careful, please be safe, and please watch your belongings. Make sure to not leave anything in your cars. Make sure to look twice when you're getting out your cars because right now in this country, there are a lot of people that are hungry. It's a lot of people who might have lost their jobs last year or left their jobs were getting EDD. The streets are hungry now. The streets are really hungry right now. There have been there have been at least three or four incidents in the last three weeks that I could tell you. I know that effect that I've seen that lets me know like times are changing right now. Times are different. People are hungry right now. That writ moment, that thing that was stopping people from getting evicted from apartments is gone. That law that they put in place is gone. The EDD money is gone. That air was gone. That summer, that summer and fall last year, summer that summer, fall and winter last year, when if you went to the ghetto. Just money was just flowing. Cars were being bought. Trips to Alaska were being taken. Ski racks were being purchased. Niggas bought boats. Nigga might have bought a KFC. I don't even know. That area is gone. And right now, there are a lot of hungry people out there who are about to be homeless or are homeless who are struggling. And, you know, they want to eat off somebody. They want to eat. And um, I'm just letting you know, man, right now, it's, it's uh, not a good time to be out there. So be safe. Please be safe. Please be safe. Please be cautious because, you know, times are, um, it's, um, it's a very, very, very trialful time right now. Um, it's like I said, it's a lot of people who are hungry out there. And when people get hungry, you now they get desperate. And certain activities will take place. Certain actions will take place when people get desperate. Robberies will take place. Break-ins will take place. I just learned that, that flocking in L.A. means breaking into homes. That is going to happen. That is going to happen. It is happening. It's going to happen at a higher rate, so just be careful. Moving on from that, bouncing back to my weight loss journey. Um, man, this this weight loss thing has been um, it's been a wild path, man. I've uh, I lost a lot. Um, the last time I talked to you guys, I lost thirty. Um, I haven't checked the scale since then, but I went down like two pants sizes, three shirt sizes. Like now, nah, I, when I was when I first started in August, you know, there was a photo I took of my face in August, and I compared it to now. And man, when I tell you, I looked like a I looked like a grizzly bear comparing it to a. I looked. 
it's crazy when I look when I look at that photo and thought, man, that was really only three months ago. Well, my face was swollen up like that, and I just had so much fat and stuff in my face, and I was my clothes didn't fit. Versus now, all my clothes are too dang big for me. Um, it's been an amazing journey, man. These last three months, three months has it been three months? Yeah, it's been three months. November, October, September, because I began in, in uh, early September. But yeah, it's been an amazing three months, man. Um, you know, when I uh, first started this in September, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was scared. I tried so many different things over the last year. I just kept gaining weight and gaining weight. And I just was like depressed and I was upset. And I wanted to cry. Um, man, it was the worst When I first started this I, in, in September, I could only fit an XXL. Now I, my, now I, my, I barely fit a medium. Like a, a medium is almost too big for me now. But um, as far as well, as far as around my stomach, as far as my sleeve, I have long arms, so I kind of still probably need to wear a large. But what needs to be said is, um, this has been an amazing. This has just been an amazing journey, man. It was um. Because, man, I feel so... And let me just say this to anybody out there who is who is obese or who is who is bigger, who is fat, who is thick. What I've come to understand is I think you need to let people... I, I judged people a lot instinctively who are big, who are overweight. But I also forgot that a lot of people are comfortable with being that way. A lot of people do feel more comfortable being big. So I will say... Do to do for you what makes you feel comfortable. Do for you what makes you feel more healthy and more at your best. I can just tell you, when I was 265 pounds at six foot one, I can tell you, I felt very uncomfortable. I felt very uncomfortable. I felt just fat and sloppy. I felt like everybody in the room was watching me. I felt like I felt like the whole world was making fun of me. Um the comments people used to say, people used to feel so comfortable saying like, oh, you're a big guy or I know you like to eat a lot or yeah, I know you can, like even the little jokes that people would say around me and it just hurt my feelings. The worst thing, man, was I remember because I gained all that weight in like a year. I remember like when I started seeing people who I hadn't seen in a while and they were just like, damn, you blowing up. Damn, what happened to you, man? You got so fat. And man, it just used to make me, it would make me cry on the inside, bro. Like, it just used to make me cry. Like, God used to make me fucking cry, bro. Like, I used to, um, man, you know, um, it was just the worst feeling, man. It just was the worst. The worst thing about when you when you get fat or when you're fat is like that phase where you have to end up coming to terms that this is how people this is how people see you. That's the worst phase. That was the worst phase for me was getting to the point where people just see me as fat. People see me as fat. People see me as out of shape. People see me as like somebody who doesn't work out a lot. And then when I would tell people like, you know, I run a lot, they'd be like, no, you don't. What you talking about, my nigga? You ain't never run. You don't, you don't let you. You ain't run a damn your damn life. And man, I used to break my heart. But, um, and keep in mind, I'm not totally where I need to be at. I'm, the, boy, the point I'm at my body right now, I'm at the point where I can finally see my hips move. Not to sound weird, but like naturally when I'm slim, my hips are really uh 
I'm gonna say I have like a weird, a, 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 like a sugary walk, but like I, I have strong hips, so my hips just. I don't know how to explain it. My hips just dance when when I'm slim. They just kind of dance a little when they walk. So I can naturally start seeing my hips move when I'm walking in, and I, I and it was like it was weird seeing that now. Like um, when I touch my stomach, I can kind of, I can kind of, I can't see my abs totally out of the way, but I can feel them. I can feel how close I am to having them broke out, and. Man, a long time ago, that I was like, a, I I couldn't even see that coming. So, I um, I um, uh, man, it, 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 it man, it was a journey these three months, and man, I had to go hard. I mean, I had to go hard. I had to reach, I had to reach down inside myself and pull out some things that I had never even thought I could do. Like, I'm talking four and three and five hours of cardio a day. Hell, today I did um, I did three and a, I did three and a half hours of cardio today. Um, I had to reach deep and do- deep down and dot inside myself and pull out something that was I didn't know was there. It was just, and it was hard, man. This diet and I've been doing. I you know I ate I ate two hours ago, but before that I hadn't eaten in twenty hours. The day before I had eaten in nineteen hours. I'm doing intermittent fasting, and you know this was um, this wasn't an easy journey. I'll just say it wasn't an easy journey. It wasn't an easy journey. Let me just add that it was not easy. Sometimes it was fun. Sometimes it wasn't fun. I'm doing keto. And the days when you do keto where your body processes well and like you have this boost of energy, it's amazing. But those days when you have keto flu and you can barely get out the bed, you can barely move, it was not fun. Just, you know, but I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can to get to where I want to get to. Um, And the thing, I, you know, when I was doing it, I used to always think about how different during the process, I always think about how different girls would treat me, like when I'm when I'm smaller. And I mean, the bigger thing, I haven't seen the difference. I ain't gonna lie, I have seen the difference. Like I have noticed that, like, like I said, more women call me cute now than uh, I thought than I, I than they used to before. I noticed, like, you know, there women do look at me a little bit different. I've been noticing that too. But the bigger difference, I think, is like your um, is your confidence changes. There's a difference between, I think every person should have a, a certain self-delusion about how beautiful they are. I think everybody should be a little bit delusional about how attractive they are, about how good they look in clothes. And I think we all naturally are. Now, with that being said, when you start losing a significant amount of weight, it's weird to finally really take into account all the times you lied to yourself. I lied to myself for eight months when I looked in the mirror and kept saying, seeing my face was swelling up. I would lie and say, well, no, maybe I just look like how I did normally. And it wasn't until I lost enough weight to really, I'm supposed to video the photo of like how my side by side, when I saw how much weight I lost in my face compared to now, I was like, wow, oh my God. It was weird going through that phase where I was realizing, damn, I wasn't being honest with myself, man. Look how bad I've gotten. Damn, you know, and it, it hurt, man. You know, it was weird, you know. Um, and once again, there are a lot of people who who were the weight I was and were comfortable at it, are comfortable at it, are comfortable at it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's nothing. I feel like there are people, a lot of people who are big and they just like being big, you know. You know, because there are some positives with being big. Like when you're bigger, especially particularly when you're tall, you are more intimidating to people. So I do think people probably feel less less um, inclined to try to mess with you or start something with you. I do feel like dudes might feel like they can kind of 
trust test me a little bit now. And I'm like, hey, you know, nigga, feel free. But um, you know, you're gonna get some candy you're not asking for. But um, you know, it is what it is, man. This was a it just was been a I'm still not done. You know, I'm still toning down a little bit, still cutting a little bit, but I just had to talk about that because man, it was uh I always keep saying the same thing, man. This was a hell of a journey, man. It's been a hell of a journey. Um, it's been a hell of a journey, that's all I'll say. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. This has been a great episode of the podcast. It's a great voice podcast. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs>